Good evening, welcome to Pigeon Post. <clears throat> My name is Michael, and I'm glad you're uh, listening to this. I'm driving pretty much in the dark. Uh, there is extremely high wind going on here. Um, like it could blow over an 18-wheeler, I think. But I don't see any 18-wheelers blowing over, but that's what the warning is, a blowover risk. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just ate, scarfed down some food and it's just, I don't know, my throat was dry and then I drank water and it didn't help, it's really weird. I usually like to have a hot beverage when I'm doing these things. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to talk to you uh, a little bit about why you should maybe think about not saying God or Lord so much, um, especially when you're around unbelievers. And that might sound like um, a really bad thing for me to say. I'm a Christian. Why would I not want to say God or Lord? Why would I be ashamed? Um, but actually, I want to kind of show you that <clears throat> what I mean in asking this question is um, that maybe saying God or Lord isn't enough, right? And uh, Or that if you are gonna say God or Lord, um, maybe there should be an explanation or times when it might be best. What I'm definitely not doing is I'm definitely not trying to make a rule for you um, to not say God or Lord or anything like that. In fact, I just said it the other day in an email that I was sending about <clears throat> how I had concerns about COVID. Um, I was sending this email in a work-related setting, and uh, I mentioned in the email, you know, even though I'm concerned that I know that God is in control and that I trust Him. And uh, so am I violating my own, uh, <laughs> my own encouragement? Well, I think, uh, you know, this is where wisdom comes in, right? Um, which I'm not trying to claim that I'm wise or anything or that I figured this out, but I think <clears throat> what you want to do is you want to know like, okay, is this an unbeliever that I'm around often? Um, or is this somebody that I'm only going to get one thing, one chance to say something to? Or um, is it in a work-related setting where it could be viewed as, you know, um, as me being just overly evangelistic or something like that. Um, those are all things that require wisdom. Um, so I'm not trying to parse that out for you. Uh, but here's what I am saying. <coughs> Excuse me. I think a lot of people would say that they believe in God, right? And I think the times that we tend to invoke God in a work-related setting or around unbelievers, I think we tend to there's nothing wrong with this necessarily, but we tend to think of those settings as being a good opportunity to share something good that happened to us, right? And the problem with that is it could be this thing where, oh, I want to share what God did for me, right? Or I want to give God glory that he did this thing for me, right? He healed me, so I want to give God glory for that. So you might tell somebody, hey, I, you know, I have a cancer screening, and then you go to the doctor, and it's 
there's no cancer and you say, man, God was really gracious to me or God healed me. And that's great, but just imagine how much how much room is left there for that per person's interpretation and how that what we ultimately want to do is encourage unbelievers to seek out the God, right? Not just general um, sort of whoever God, right? So we want to make it clear that we believe that there's one God. Now, I think first thing you have to ask yourself is, do you believe that, right? Because I know that there's some Christians who don't really believe that Jesus is the only way to God, or that Jesus is the, you know, Son, the second person of the Trinity. Um, they don't believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, they're all too happy to take the focus off of Jesus. But as Christians, we need to put the focus on Jesus, right? Um, we need to find a way to identify who this God is, because if it's just the God of Chicken Soup for the Soul, or even the God of Joel Osteen, or any of these people who don't really um, glorify Christ uh, above other gods, um, you know, like a universalist idea, we're not doing anybody any favors by help, helping them become theist, right? Um, <clears throat> our, our main issue as Christians, our main mission is to show people the love of Christ. Um, and one of the ways that we do that, or the chief way I would say that we do that, is by sharing the gospel. So there's no way that you can love somebody and not share the gospel with them because that is the thing that's going to make an eternal difference in their life. So let's kind of look at, at a couple situations and say, hmm, how can this, you know, really uh, help somebody to know who God is, right? To actually know God. Well, um, I think one thing you can do is if you're praying for somebody, and um, I've been in situations where I've I, I felt uh, free to ask somebody if I could pray for them, and you pray for this person, then you should definitely pray in Jesus' name, you know? Um, I think in public settings, you know, a lot of times, uh, anybody in a public setting that's praying that might not know if they're around Christians will pray, and then they'll say, in his name we pray, or some kind of, basically this ecumenical idea that people of other religions can get together and pray in any meaningful way to the same God. Uh, Pope Francis has a video uh, about this that's really bad, um, really shows what um, demonic things he believes, honestly. Uh, but he has a video where these four, the four main faiths, if you can call them that, uh, Buddhism and uh, Christianity and uh, Islam and Judaism, uh, they're all getting together to pray. Uh, there's no such thing, right? So we come to the Father through the Son, or we don't come to God, we come to a demon. Uh, let me try to prove that to you scripturally. Um, you'll have to look it up because I don't know the references off the top of my head, but in Deuteronomy, and in 2 Corinthians, I think, uh, 
there is a quotation where it says that they sacrifice to demons and not to God, right? If you read both those passages in details, just just um, in detail, excuse me, just Google they sacrifice to demons and not God and 2 Corinthians and probably Deuteronomy will come up, right? And you can see that what's happening is if you're praying to somebody but you're not praying uh, to the Father through the Son, you are praying to a demon. You're interacting with a demon. Uh, so when a Muslim prays to Allah, they are not coming to the Father. They don't even believe that God is Father. And they're definitely not coming through the Son. Um, so they are going to a demon named Allah. That is where their prayer is going, right? Um, when someone is praying to the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary doesn't hear that prayer. She's in heaven with the other saints, right? She has not been gifted the uh, ability to hear all prayers. She would have to be omniscient and omnipresent uh, to be able to do that and to some degree omnipotent to grant the prayers. So when someone's praying to the Virgin Mary, they are praying to a demon um, posed, if you will, as the Virgin Mary, right? So any prayer that's not prayed to the Father through the Son uh, is demonic. There, there, there is no Father without the Son. Jesus, Jesus makes it very clear that you can't have the Father without the Son. Um, so I think people tend to look at Jesus as this kind of peace-loving hippie who just is everybody cool. Yeah, okay, we don't need to talk about God. That is not the picture of Jesus that we get in the Bible. We get a picture of Jesus who is very concerned with the glory of his Father's name and the glory of his own name. And the mission that he is on involves preaching and teaching and telling people how to get eternal life um, and how to know him. Uh, this is a focus of Jesus' ministry. He didn't just go around and throw bread and fish at everybody and feed the poor. That's not what he did. Those signs were pointing to who he was and what he was going to do spiritually um, after his resurrection and what he was going to do physically on the cross and in his resurrection, right? That he is the bread of life. That's why he gave everybody bread, right? Um, that he is going to heal us and open our eyes. That's why he healed blind people, right? Because that's what he was going, that, that's what he was there to show them that he is there to heal the spiritually blind. So, all that to say this. If you're praying, pray in Jesus' name, right? If you want to give glory to God for something, I think it's fine to say, I want to glorify God, especially if people know that you're a Christian. But try to find a way to, to let people know that it's exclusive, right? So, um, you, know, it, it, you know, if you're around a lot of Muslims... You might not want to just say, oh, I want to glorify God, you know, because that's not the same as their idea of glorifying God, mainly because it's not the same God, right? So use the name of Christ. Christ is God. Jesus is Lord. And I want to make another uh, appeal to you um, about the name Lord. I don't think that you have to use the name Yahweh. We don't even know how it was pronounced. Some people go way overboard, like you can't use the, the translated name, you have to use the original Hebrew name of God. Um, God knows who he is, okay? 
And as long as our mind is understanding that we are talking about Jesus of Nazareth, we don't have to say Yeshua. As long as our, our mind is understanding that, we can say Yahweh or Jehovah or I don't really like Jehovah because it's truly not a translation. But anyway, that's a whole other issue with Jehovah's Witnesses. But, you know, we don't have to worry, oh, am I, if I mispronounce it, then I'm invoking something else. No, we, we know what we're praying to. We know who we're praying to. We're praying to the Father through the Son. So say Father, right? The Father did this for me. The Father, whoa. That, that is much more powerful and personal than just saying God. I want to thank God, right? What does that mean? You know, everybody does that at the Oscars. Everybody does that, well, probably not anymore, but everybody used to do that when they were getting awards, right? So we have, especially in America, this idea of generic universalist God, uh, Santa Claus in the sky, everybody's going to heaven. Use the name Christ when you're around unbelievers as much as possible. Um, or use the name Yahweh even, right? Because that's his name. And I wanted to say this about use the word Lord. Um, Lord uh, could mean anything, right? Um, but also, a lot of times in the Old Testament, when you read the word Lord, um, it's actually the name of God, Yahweh. So if you're reading the Old Testament, in most translations, uh, I found that not digital ones don't really even do this, uh, which is bad, I think, but most translations put capital O, capital, excuse me, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, all caps, right? And when you see that in the translation in the Old Testament, it's meant to be the sacred name of God, Yahweh. But it was not pronounced because of like a Hebrew, almost a superstition. It wasn't really a superstition, it's just like this idea that you keep the name of God holy without pronouncing it. But God is, that's not what I see in the Bible. God is uh, passionate and jealous for his own name. If you want to see this, you can read uh, Isaiah 42 through 55, which is called the Book of Comfort. And it's amazing that in this Book of Comfort, in these chapters, God is so passionate about his name and the fact that he is God and there is no other. And so if you're one of those people that thinks that God is whoever we want him to be and all religions lead to God, uh, that's not the case according to God in the Old Testament. It's certainly not the case according to Christ in the New Testament. So whenever you can, don't just say, thank the Lord. Don't be flippant with the name of God, right? Um, use the name Yahweh or use the name Jesus or even find a way to let somebody know that you're a Christian and and keep working on that definition, right? Because it's not always understood, right? If you ask the average person on the street who's not a Christian what Christians believe, you'd get all kinds of answers. You wouldn't get a clear definition of the gospel. You would get probably some sort of misrepresentation or just lack of knowledge of it, right? So use those opportunities um, to be specific about that you are praising the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, now people might look at you weird if you say that, <laughs> right? 
God healed my cancer. I just want to thank, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who is Father, and uh, and the Lord Jesus. You know, like if you if you use those words, people might think your religion actually means something to you, right? Um, now, I'm talking to myself the same way. Okay, um, if this is an encouragement to me too. I don't think I'm doing that perfectly by any means. So uh, be specific. Try to share the gospel and what you're sharing so that people have an opportunity to actually come to Christ, not just to know that you're a theist. Because even the demons believe in God and tremble. It's not the same thing as having saving faith. So all the people that believe in God, um, that counts for nothing on the last day. God doesn't need um, people to believe that he exists. We're not merely trying to convince people to be theists. All right, so uh, sorry, I, I should apologize for the, um, the uh, unnecessarily provocative title that I'm going to title this, which is Don't Say the Name of God or something like that. Probably less provocative than that. Uh, but I had a couple people on Facebook be like, what are you talking about? Um, you don't want people to say the name of God. That's weird. Or you don't want people to say God. I do want people to say the name of God. That would be great. Um, let me end just by uh, saying something in response to, um, to some people. Uh, it, there's been a couple of things that have occurred on Facebook where I think people think that, well, let me just say it like this. There's this quote by Francis of Assisi. It's not a real quote. I don't know how it came into being, but I don't think there's a record of him saying it uh, unless somebody else is quoting him saying it. But he says, uh, preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Um, <clears throat> I used to love the quote. It sounds great, right? It sounds like I don't ever have to tell anybody about Jesus, right? I'm afraid to do that. I, part of me doesn't want to do it, and if God's telling me I shouldn't be doing it, well, that's even better, you know? I should just love people to heaven, right? <clears throat> Here's the problem. Your love doesn't get anybody to heaven. My love doesn't get anybody to heaven, right? What gets somebody to heaven is that they understand and accept and receive uh, the gospel of Jesus, right? And it amazes me that, you know, we can kind of fall into this trap where we think that Jesus didn't preach hard things. You know, I, I don't really understand. Uh, several people I've talked to recently just um, one person didn't believe that that Jesus was um, against homosexuality in any way that that was the way that that God made the person now that's a whole different podcast okay um, I'd have to do a lot more talking for that one but I'll just say that Jesus very clearly said that um, that marriage was between a man and a woman that a husband should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And um, God made them male and female. Jesus affirms all of these things in Genesis. 
<clears throat> Jesus constantly in the Gospels calls people to repentance. He constantly um, shows people the need for faith and the need to come to him specifically. Not that people are just okay the way they are, but that people actually are not good enough. You read the Sermon on the Mount, that's not a pat on the back. The Sermon on the Mount would not fly very well uh, if it was preached at uh, Joel Osteen's church because it doesn't sound like good news. It sounds like we're all going to hell, uh, which Jesus said as much in the Sermon on the Mount. So I encourage you, uh, if you don't believe that Jesus, number one, preached against sin and that he wanted people to repent of things in their life, whether those things felt good to them or not, um, you're not reading the Bible. You're, you're just kind of picking and choosing uh, what you want to believe. And this idea that that we shouldn't preach the gospel, that somehow um, Jesus wants us to be silent or he wants us to um, build a perfect friendship with someone first and then preach the gospel, or that he just wants us to be uh, morally good and just to love people. Um, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, look at the Great Commission. Look carefully at the Great Commission. It didn't say to go out and feed the whole world. It said to go out and teach the whole world to obey all that Jesus commanded. Now, if you only had that verse to go on, it would be very clear that Jesus thinks very highly of himself as one who is issuing commands, so much so that we can't neglect even one of them. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And he said that if you teach someone to ignore even a small part of his commandments, um, that you're in trouble for that, right? That that if you lead others astray, you should. Jesus said you should have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into the bottom of the sea. So um, that's part of the reason why Jesus was uh, so upset with the Pharisees, right? It was that they didn't have love for people, but it was also that they were teaching people incorrectly. Um, now he did say that people need to listen to the Pharisees when they taught correctly, when they taught from the seed of Moses, right? And that there were things that they were doing that were correct. But that just reinforces the fact that Jesus wants us to be righteous. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, so anyway, my drive is over. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this. I hope you'll just consider uh, what it means to really be a witness to God instead of just to say God bless you and and things like that that, that really don't offend people. You'll kind of know if you're really witnessing, if you're at least borderline offending somebody because the gospel is offensive. Um, but Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, I will be ashamed of him when I come in glory. Um, so don't be ashamed. Um, read the book of Romans. Look how Paul is not ashamed. Clarify your understanding of the gospel. And uh, pray for me because I'm talking to myself just as much and I want to share the gospel more, and uh, I hope this encourages you to do the same. Thanks for listening. Bye.